Thank you so much for joining us today at our Savior's Church, where we are one church meeting in five different locations. And our goal is to help you on your spiritual journey to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference in the lives around you. If you'd like to learn more about our Savior's Church or how to get involved, visit us online at OurSavior'sChurch.com. It's good to be back in God's house, isn't it? It's good to be in God's house. And so, uh, y'all sit down, y'all sit down. I'm excited to be here. I uh, see some, some old faces and some new faces. And I got to meet, uh, man, for the last month, we've been taking teams to Lake Charles, running chainsaws and tarpon roofs. And so I had the unique privilege of working with all of our campuses and churches. And about two weeks ago, man, I got baptized by fire to the men of New Iberia. And let me just say this. I, I didn't say this to any other campus. The men of New Iberia know how to work. And so uh, if you were on that crew, just wave at me. If, if you, you guys are amazing. Those are like studs right there. Come on, Michael. And those, those men worked. And so um, they worked for me that day. I'm, I'm going to work for you today. And so I'm going to give you everything that I got. And uh, here's all I need you to do. Have you ever had a conversation with someone and you're talking to them and they just look at you and they don't respond to what you're saying? You ever had that conversation? How many think that's rude? Yeah, so do preachers. And so uh, talk to me today. Help me out. We're in this together. This isn't, we're talking a family. And so uh, I'm excited about today. I'm excited about what God's going to do at the end. And I'm going to go ahead and let the cat out the bag at the end. We're going to have a time of worship. And we're just going to let God do his thing. And uh, we're going to worship because I believe this. Worship does what your words can't. Sometimes you don't even know what to say. You don't have the words to articulate what you're feeling. And so worship, what worship does is worship take its, takes the focus off of you and it puts it on the only one who can do anything with it anyway. And so when we get to the end today, I know a lot of times we come to church and we pray, God, change my problems. God don't want to change your problem. He wants to change your perspective. And so what I'm praying for today is a perspective change. And I'm just going to be real with you today. We're going to talk about what's happened in our nation. We're going to talk about what's happened in our world. I feel like preaching ought to smell like real life. If you can't view the scriptures and God's word through the context of what's happening right now, then you're not reading it properly. Because the word of God is living and active and it's alive and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. It rightly divides truth from non-truth. So we should open up God's word and we, can, we should see what we're walking through today. Are you with me? So I'm going to ask you, put on your participants. Go ahead, put them on. Help me out today, okay? I've sent all my preaching notes. Everything that's in front of me is going to be on the screen. So you're going to get everything I got. So if you have your Bibles or your devices, or you can look on the screens with me, we're going to be in John chapter 10. John chapter 10. I'm reading these scriptures out of order on purpose. And so don't tell me I missed something. I'm doing this on purpose, okay? You with me? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Tell your neighbor, say, you get ready too. John chapter 10, verse 11. This is Jesus speaking. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That's what the good shepherd does. But how many know that if Jesus says he is the good shepherd, that also implies that there's some bad shepherds. There are some people and some entities and institutions that are vying for your attention. They're giving you their voice. Not every voice that you hear, you need to listen to. We need to hear the voice of the good shepherd. 
John chapter 10, verse 1, 10 verses earlier, Jesus tells us why we should hear the voice of the good shepherd. He says, very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen, everybody say the sheep pen, by the gate that climbs in some other way is a thief and a robber. There's voices that you hear that have one motive. That's to steal some things that are inside of you. In fact, we quote another verse about some thieves a few verses later in John chapter 10, verse 10. I know you've heard this. I know you've quoted it. I want to I give it to you in the context that Jesus said it to the disciples. This is what Jesus says about another shepherd, a thief shepherd. In fact, he calls him the thief. He says this, the thief comes only to say it with me, steal and kill and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. There is a thief that comes and he comes to do one thing, to steal, kill and destroy. What does he steal? Sheep. What does he kill? Sheep. What does he destroy? Sheep. So I want you to see in this narrative, there is a metaphor that Jesus gives. He says there's a shepherd, there's the sheep pen, there's a thief, and there's sheep. Here it is. The good shepherd is Jesus. Y'all, this is the sheep pen, the church. When I say the church, I'm not talking about brick and mortar. I'm not talking about four walls. I'm not talking about a building. I'm talking about the body of Christ. That is the sheep pen. We have a thief that's trying to break in the sheep pen and steal sheep. Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Do you know what you call it when you have an enemy who tries to steal, kill, and destroy? You call that a war. How many know we're in a war right now? So I want to spend the next few minutes this morning and I want to preach a message to you simply entitled, The War on Wool. The War on Wool. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the reading of your word. God, we know that it's your word that changes our hearts. God, it's not my words. It's not my perspective. It's yours. And so I pray today you guide me behind your cross. Let them not hear my voice. Let them hear another voice. Let them hear your voice, God, because we know that is the only voice that can change anything. So we ask today that you change us from the inside out. Never, may we never be the same. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. amen. How many of you know uh, 2020 has been crazy? Like crazy. This side helped me out. How many of you know that 2020 has been crazy? I mean, let, let's just go back to the beginning of the year. We, we, had, uh, we had an impeachment hearings. Uh, we had a pandemic that hit, depending on when it came, whether it was January, February, or March. We had the shutdown, the nation shut down. We, we've had uh, racial injustice. We've had, we're in a, y'all know it's political season? It is crazy. Y'all, the Tigers lost. LSU lost in 2020. That's crazy right there. It, it, is, it is a crazy, crazy year. And, but what I want us to do is I want us to view 2020 in the context of John chapter 10. In the context of John 10, 10, if, you, if, if you're not able to view 2020, not just 2020, but every year, every day, through the, through the lens of John 10.10, 10, then we're missing it. Because in, in 2020, you have to realize that there is a war going on. There is a tension. I don't know if you can feel the tension. You, you can't go to Walmart without feeling the tension. Everything right now is polarizing. It's, there's opposite sides in everything that we do. I don't know if you can feel it. I don't know if you can sense it, but, but I want you to see the real tension because there are two, ten, there are two spectrums to 2020. There are two plans. There are two agendas. And here it is. The enemy has a plan for you and God has a plan for you. 
That, that is the only two agendas that there is. Here it is. The thief comes, first agenda, first plan, to steal and to kill and to destroy. That is the enemy's plan for your life in 2020. That is the enemy's plan for your children. That is the enemy's plan for your marriage. The second your feet hit the floor in the morning, the enemy has one motive for you, to steal the purposes of God from the inside of you, to kill something and to destroy your life. That is his plan. That's the plan of 2020 for the enemy. When he was mapping out 2020, what he wants to do in your life, that's what he wrote down. But the good news is God has a plan too. And his plan is to give you life and give it to you to the full. So I don't know if you can sense that. I don't know if you can feel that tension. But you have to understand that that is the only war. That is the only tension that is really happening in society today. Because if you don't see that tension, that there is the thief and there's the good shepherd, then, then you're going to have the tendency to view everything as two opposite sides. You're going to see everything as black and white. You're going to see everything as Republican and Democrat. You're, you're going to see everything as us and them. You're going to see everything as mask and no mask. Listen to me. There is only one thief. There's only one enemy. And it's the enemy of our soul. And he's after one thing. He's after sheep. He's trying to remove sheep from the sheep gate. He don't care if it's black sheep, white sheep, Republican sheep. He doesn't care if it's Democrat sheep, sheep, if, if they wear mask or no mask. He's after one thing. That is his motive. That's been his motive from the very beginning. We're in a war and the war is against your soul. It's not the Republican Party. It's not the Democratic Party. There is a war that's going on, and you have to first identify the enemy. His motives have not changed. Check this out, Ephesians chapter 6. For we are fighting not against flesh and blood. That's not your enemy. But against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world. If you can see in the heavenlies right now, there is a war going on in this building right now. There's fighting going on right now. It's not Republican de demons and Democrat demons fighting. It's Satan and God. That's how it happens. He's the source of every battle. The source of the battle is the devil. And he's after one thing. His target is one thing. Sheep. His job is to get the sheep out the sheep gate. Because if he gets them out the sheep gate in the sheep pen, they can no longer hear the voice of the shepherd. And if you no longer hear the voice of the shepherd, you'll start listening to another voice. That's his plan from the beginning. That was always his plan. Think about this. Y'all remember the book of Genesis? There's Adam and Eve. It says they walked in the cool of day with God hearing his voice. And what was the plan of the enemy? To get him to hear another voice. Did God really say? Did God really say? Did God really say? And they start hearing another voice. The plan of the enemy is always to get you to hear another voice. That was the plan to separate us from God. And it worked. He got Adam and Eve out of the sheep gate. He got them out of the garden of Eden where now they have to distinguish which voice do I listen to? It's been his plan from the beginning. It's his plan in the end. I don't know if you know this or not. I believe we're in the last days. I don't know what day it is, but I know we're closer today than we were yesterday. Let me read this to you out of Matthew chapter 24. It's talking about the end of time. Nation will rise against nation. Do y'all see that happening? Kingdom against kingdom. Party against party. Faction against faction. Race against race. It's happening. He, the enemy gets us to do his dirty work for him. If I could just divide them, they'll be listening to other voices. There will be famines. Some translations say plagues. Diseases. COVID-19. And earthquakes. That's natural disasters. Wildfires, hurricanes, floods, 
Are you with me? All these things are the beginning of the birth pains. Then you will be handed over and persecuted and put to death and you will be hated by all nations of me. And watch this. And at that time, many will turn away from their faith. It's the sheep leaving the sheep pen. And it's talking about sheep. It's talking about Christians. And it says, and Christians will betray one another and hate one another. Do you see this unfolding in our world? All you got to do is get on Facebook right now. Hey, we're more aligned to our political party than we are to a kingdom right now. I'm just saying it. And, and the hatreds that's being spewed out of Christians' mouths at other Christians is ungodly. And he says this, and many false prophets, by the way, the Bible calls false prophets wolves in sheep's clothing, will appear and deceive many. And it says this, because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. He's talking about sheep. The plan of the enemy is always to get the sheep out of the sheep pen so they cannot hear the shepherd's voice. This is bad news for us because we are sheep. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, you a sheep. Say, how you doing, sheep? Say, not too bad. I, that was a dad joke right there. Let me, let me just tell you a little bit about sheep. Sheep are mentioned more than any other animal in the Bible. In fact, if you just do a, a, a word search in the Bible on sheep, you'll find out that sheep are mentioned over 200 times uh, in, in Scripture. Uh, compared to any, any dog lovers in the house? Dog lovers? Yeah, give me dog lovers. Dogs are mentioned 44 times. 44 times in Scripture. Uh, pigs. Y'all like bacon? Yep, yep, bacon's good. Bacon goes good on everything. Pigs are mentioned 14 times in Scripture. How, how about cat lovers? Cat lovers? Any cat lovers in the house? I'm sorry, I have nothing in common with you. I'm, I'm just kidding, Easter own. Uh, but cats are mentioned, guess how many times in Scripture? Zero. It's just, I, I don't know, God didn't want them in heaven. All dogs go to heaven, but uh, I don't know where cats go. Just, I'm teasing. When God decided to equate us with an animal, I would have been cool with like a wolverine. Something manly, you know. But when God decided to equate me and you with an animal, y'all, he called us sheep. Sheep. Y'all, sheep are stupid. Have you ever seen a trained sheep in a circus? No, because they can't sit. They can't roll over. They can't fetch. They can't do nothing. They're just sheep. And that's what God calls us, sheep. And sheep are easy targets. That's why all it took was a little coronavirus to open up the sheep pen and steal a bunch of sheep. That's why all it took was a little social injustice for the church to be divided for a little, some, some sheep, the, the, the gate was open and some sheep left. All it takes is election season every four years for sheep to start yelling at the other side. Let me just help you out first. Can I just help you out? This ain't even in my notes. Many people think God's a Republican, Jesus is a Democrat. Listen to me. Jesus didn't come to take sides. He came to take over. Listen to me. Jesus ain't a Republican. He's not a Democrat. Let me go further. He's not even American.
do I think, do I think we ought to be political? No. I think we ought to be governmental. We ought to be able to speak to government, not politics. Because when I speak to politics, I sell out to a particular side. We ought to be referees calling balls and strikes on both sides, telling them when they both wrong, not just when the other party's wrong. This ain't even in my notes, so somebody in here needed to hear it. Where was I? I want to give you four things the enemy knows about sheep that I don't think we know about ourselves. Then I'm going to give you the four antidotes, what, what Jesus is. Number one, write this down. Sheep get lost easily. Sheep get lost easily. I'm not talking about driving directions. I'm not talking about your ability or inability to work the way zap. I'm talking about we get spiritually lost. I'm talking about that there's something innate on the inside of every single one of us to wander and stray. That's what sheep do. They wander and they stray from pasture to pasture. Maybe that's why Isaiah the prophet said, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Do you know that you got a way? You got a way. I got a way. We all have a way. And if it's not God's way, then it's the wrong way. But there's something on the inside of us. James, the brother of Jesus, in James chapter 1 said this, that when we are tempted, we're all dragged away by our own evil desires. That means that there's evil ways inside of me. There's evil ways inside of you. There's things that are ungodly and unrighteous and unholy. It's, it's called sin. We all have a bend towards it. And it just leads us away. And we, we, we're so easily dragged away. We, we're just, you ever see a sheep? They're just grazing. And then all of a sudden, something catches their eye over here. Mm. This grass is greener over here. Y'all know where the grass is greenest at? Where you water it. But sheep just wander. They just wander. Go in their own way. Sooner or later, we think we'll find our own way. We, we, we think we'll, we'll be happy. We'll, we'll find the girl. We'll find something good. We'll discover purpose. But if you're not close to the shepherd, it's so easy to lose your way. Sheep without a shepherd get lost so easily. Did you ever just wake up one day and just ask yourself, I know I have, how did I even get here? How did I get down this road? How, how did we get here? How, I, this wasn't what I signed up for. Like, this wasn't when, when they said, tell me where you'll be in 25 years in a yearbook. This isn't what I signed up for. How, how did I get here? Well, you just wondered. Number one, sheep get lost. Number two, write this down. You need to notice about yourself. Sheep are defenseless. By ourselves, we are defenseless. It's crazy to me to think that every animal you can think of, God gave them some type of defense mechanism. I mean, think about it. I mean, even cats will claw your eyes out. I mean, every animal you can think of has some type of defense mechanism. I mean, some, some animals have teeth or fangs. Other animals have, you know, horns or, or antlers. Some can... Uh, fly away. Some could elude you with their, you know, with their speed. They're faster than you. Some have, you know, strength. Some have uh, 
camouflage. I mean, uh, even skunks got stank, right? And every animal you can think of has uh, some type of defense mechanism, right? Porcupines got quills. Y'all know what sheep got? Cotton. (laughs) Think about that. Ephesians says of the enemy that he goes around with fiery arrows. And you got a Q-tip. A cotton ball. Some Hanes. That's our defense mechanism. How many of you understand by ourselves we are defenseless? We are defenseless and there is a war going on. The most defenseless animal on the planet is a sheep without a shepherd. That's it's. That's not just Bible, Bible, that's science. We, we are defenseless. And sometimes it's hard for us to get that because number three, write this down. Not only do we get lost easily, not only is sheep defenseless, but number three, sheep are stubborn. Come on, tell the person next to you, he's talking to you. Tell him you're stubborn. The fact that some of you wouldn't talk to the person next to you just proves to me that you're stubborn. I ain't doing what he's going to tell me to do. I don't care what he's doing. Stubborn just means this. Stubborn means that you think your way is the right way. That's all stubborn means. Am I talking to anybody in the house this morning that every once in a while you think your way is the right way? I I think my way is the right way more than not. But I've learned that when it's not, I need to readjust myself. The reason I can do that is because I'm close to the shepherd. But sheep, every once in a while a sheep would wander from the flock, and especially in the Middle East where there's crevices and cliffs and rocks, uh, you'll hear stories of, of sheep who've wedged themselves between two rocks. Like their shoulders got in, and that's it. How many of you have ever been between a rock and a hard spot? Sheep do not have the ability without a shepherd. There is no reverse button on a sheep. Like you can't put up the beep, beep, you know, the beep, beep sound. Like sheep don't have the beep, beep. Sheep don't have that. So what a sheep does when they get between a rock and a hard spot, they think the only way through it is through it. And so what they do is they get down really, really low and they push harder and run faster. Have you ever been in a spot where you ain't going, where you just stuck and you keep giving everything you got? Have you, let me know. I know you haven't done that. Have you ever seen somebody else do that? And you just look at them like, honey, child, please stop. It ain't working. Have you ever seen it not work for somebody else? I had a friend in high school. His name was Kenny. He had like this old, old Toyota pickup truck. Man, it was amazing. Big old lift kit, big old tires. It was awesome. Loved to drive it until I drove it one day and I found out it didn't have reverse. Yeah. It ain't funny when you sitting at Walmart and there's a car in front of you and your truck ain't got reverse and you're waiting for Tina who's on aisle seven buying some Tony Sashries. You got to wait for her to check out to come move her truck so you can go forward. How many know in your life every once in a while you need to get the beep beep button out and say, you know what? This thing ain't working out. I've been trying my way for a long time. God, you know what? It hasn't worked. I trust you. I'm going to back up out of this thing. If not, you'll get stuck. You ever just kept going deeper and deeper in the mess? Deeper and deeper in the sin? Deeper and deeper in the debt? You can fill in whatever analogy you want. 
At some point, you got to stop what you're doing. It's called repentance. You know the word repentance is metanoia. It actually means to stop and change directions. We got to stop. Number four, this one ain't good news. Sheep are filthy. We nasty. A little filthy McNasty. I know what you're thinking. Sheep are nice and fluffy and white. My mama used to read me, Mary had a little lamb. Her fleece was white as snow. No, it wasn't. If it was, Mary power washed that thing five minutes before they wrote the story because sheep are nasty. They're some of the most nasty animals on the planet. Sheep do not have the ability to clean themselves, nor would they if they could. They don't, they're not like a cat or a dog that can lick themselves to clean themselves. They are filthy animals. And I say this very respectfully to every person in this place, but I'm speaking to myself. Nick Carroll on his own is a filthy, nasty individual. You don't have to clap for that. I mean, yeah, 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 you are, Pastor. You're so nasty. But so are you. We all nasty. Come on, tell your neighbor, say, he's talking to you, you nasty animal. No, it's true. There, there is nothing good on the inside of me. And I know our tendency is to look at good people who do good things, and you look at them, oh, he's such a good man. Oh, she's such a good woman. No, she's not. Isaiah said, but we are all an unclean thing, and our righteousness is as filthy rags in the nostrils of God. By ourselves, there is nothing good. By ourselves, there's nothing holy. By ourselves, there's nothing righteous. Romans says it this way, there is no one righteous, not even one. Which means by ourselves, we're just some nasty, filthy, stupid sheep. How many know we need a shepherd? Because he'll clean you up. He'll make you white and pure. He'll make you stainless. By ourselves, none of us are good. The bottom line is this. We need a shepherd. We need a shepherd. We need Jesus. We need Jesus. You don't need church attendance. You need Jesus. You need Jesus. We need Jesus. Come on, New Iberia needs Jesus. Acadiana needs Jesus. Louisiana needs Jesus. America, if any, America, America needs Jesus. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. So what does the good shepherd do? I want to give you four things in the next 15 minutes, then we can go to lunch. Not together. You go where you go. I'm going to go home. Number one, write this down. A good, here's what a good shepherd does. He guides me. A good shepherd guides me. Listen to me. There's a lot of voices right now trying to guide you. There's a lot of voices that are vying for your attention. And you have to be real careful because the voice that you listen to determines the future that you will have. The good shepherd is a voice. This is what he says. He wants to guide you. Here it is. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters, for he restores my soul. He leads me 
By the way, every time I got a word underlined, I know you don't know this. So we do this in Apollosis. That means you say it with me, okay? So I know you know that. So here we go. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness. So many times we don't know, was this God or is this not, not God? Listen to me. If God's going to lead you, it's always on a path of righteousness. And if the road you're on is not a righteous road, then guess what? It's not God you're listening to. He will always lead you on a path of righteousness. The main role of the shepherd is to guide. When you don't know where to go, he'll tell you where to go. When you don't know what to do, he'll tell you what to do. That's what a shepherd does. Now think about 2020 for a second. Think about all the shepherds, all the voices, all the sides, all the parties, and we're listening to guidance. We're listening to the wrong guidance. We need guidance. How do, how do, you, how do you know how to get the guidance? Well, well, John tells us how he guides us. And if, and if you don't know how to get the guidance, you'll never get the guidance. So here's how you get it. John chapter 10. Is, watch it with me. The gatekeeper opens the gate for the shepherd. Watch this. And the sheep recognize his voice and come to him. And he calls the sheep by name. And leads them out. The sheep are led by the voice of the shepherd. The sheep are led by the voice of the shepherd. Well, here's the problem. Many Christians don't know what his voice sounds like. Was that God? I don't know. You tell me. What's his voice sound like? How does he speak? How does God speak to you? Well, I'll tell you a couple ways he speaks to you. Number one, by his word. If you're not opening your word and applying the word to your life, he's never going to speak to you. God speaks to us. He wrote a love letter to us called us the Bible. He speaks through his word. He'll speak to you through prayer. That's conversation, just talking to God. When you talk to God, he talks back. He'll speak to you through circumstance. He'll speak to you through people. He'll speak to you uh, through a message like this, but he wants to speak to you. The problem is we don't know how to know his voice. How do you know his voice? If I walked into a room with my wife, and I was blindfolded, and there was 50 other women in that room. First off, men help me out. How many know there would be 50 conversations going on? Because that's what women do. It's true. And they will know everything in every conversation. I don't know how y'all do it. Y'all are amazing creatures. I'll be at my wife. I'll be with my wife at dinner trying to comprehend the one conversation that she's saying to me, like trying to pay attention. And my wife will tell me, oh, my gosh, the lady behind us got cancer. What do you mean? She goes, I just heard the whole conversation. Like, when, it's true. You put 50 men in a room together, like, we say nothing. We're watching the game. But, but, it, but if you put me in a room with 50 women and I was blindfolded, it doesn't matter how many other voices or distractions I heard, eventually I would find my wife and I would know exactly where she is. And if you don't know, if you couldn't find my wife's voice, number one, it's either that you don't know her or you don't recognize her voice because you haven't heard it enough. When it comes to serving Christ, when it comes to serving Jesus, number one, you better know him. If you don't know him, you're never going to know his voice. And number two, you've got to get familiar with speaking to him and listening. He wants to speak to you. And when he does, I love this part. It says he calls his own sheep by his, by the name, by their name. This is awesome. Do you know what, what experts tell us, sociologists tell us are the most beautiful words that any human being can hear is their name spoken by someone that is dignified in their eyes. It's true. It's true. Watch this. My man right here with the guns. 
Yeah. What, what's your name, man? Who? Charles? Charles? I can't hear Charles. Is that right, Charles? Charles. Charles. My man, Charles. Y'all, it's Charles. Y'all know Charles? Charles, 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 look at the gun. Charles, Charles, you work out, Charles? Charles is my man. Charles, we, Charles, you're my boy. Can, can, I, can I use you to help me preach for a little bit, Charles? Charles, what's your favorite restaurant? Depends. I've never been there. Chili's. I told you, Charles, I can't hear. Charles, help me out, Charles. Charles, if, if, if we went to Chili's after lunch and you just happened to be at Chili's, Charles, and I walked in and I see Charles across the restaurant and I go up to him and say, hey, brother, what's up, dude? But if I walk, Charles, man, it's, Charles is in the house. There's something that happens. By the way, if you see somebody from church or you see a pastor, we see all your faces. If I go up to you and say, hey, you. Help me out. That means I don't know your name. Just introduce yourself. We'll help each other out. But you know what I love about Jesus? When Jesus sees you, when Jesus speaks to you, he doesn't say, hey, you, hey, bro. He says, Charles, Charles, it's me, Jesus. Charles, Charles, I got a plan for you, man. I'm going to talk to you. I got some plans for you, Charles. I got a purpose for you. Charles, I can't wait to spend time with you. There's just something about the plans of Jesus. He knows your name, and here's my point. How many of us give credence to voices of voices that we don't even, they don't even know our name? We're listening to voices that don't even know our name. Think about that next time you get on CNN. Fox News. Thank you. I'm preaching though. Social media. <laughs> it's true. We're listening to people who don't even know our name. And Jesus says, man, I know Charles thinks his mama gave him that name, but I named him. Charles is my boy. He's my son. I'm the one who created him in that mama's womb. I'm the one who spoke my plans and my purposes in Charles's life. I'm the one who's going to guide him. He knows everything about you, Charles. He's got some big plans. I don't know you, man. I'm just, I'm prophesying to you, man. God's got something big for you. He's got something big for you. Number two, he provides for me. He provides for me. Everybody say provision. When you understand provision, you'll understand that God will do whatever it is that is necessary to get you to a place where your trust relies on him. A lot of times we, we look at circumstances, we, we look at problems, and we blame God for forsaking us. Sometimes God is just repositioning you for you to understand that you didn't get to the place where you are on your own, and he wants to put you in a position that you will perceive, receive something, and when you receive it, you'll realize that it's his provision, not your own doing. How I many of he'll use anything? I heard a story one time there was in... A good old saint, a lady. She was just a good old saint. Y'all know what the good old saints are? Y'all remember the good old days of church when we used to have, anybody grew up in a church where we used to have a Sunday school on Sunday morning? Then we had the service like this. Then if you were like a good old saint, you came back for Sunday night. I know what I'm talking about. And it was a different message. It wasn't the same message. It was a different message. I mean, 
come on, any old saints in the house? Help me out, old saints, help, help me out. Then if you were really, really good, we had Bible study on Wednesdays. Wednesday night Bible studies. Then you had prayer meetings every morning, 6 a.m. Come on, any, any good old saints in the house? So we, there was this lady, she was a good old saint, and man, she just fell on some hard times. But she knew that her God was a provider, and she would walk around. She didn't have a car, she didn't have much. She would walk to the bus stop just saying, oh, great is his faithfulness. Thank you, Jesus. Great is his faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. Great is thy faithfulness. She would just walk to the bus stop every day. Didn't have a car. Didn't, didn't have much uh, in her name, but she would just say, great is thy faithfulness. Well, well, her neighbor was, was this ungodly man. And, and uh, he didn't believe in God, and he was, just, he was just evil in his ways, and unholy, unrighteous. And he began to mock this lady. How do you go around saying, great is his faithfulness? He's like, you don't even have a, a car to get to your church. If God was so good, he'd give you a car. You ain't even got groceries on your table. And she's just walking around, oh, great is thy faithfulness. God is so good. I bless your name, God. I bless your name. I bless your name. I bless your name. And this guy got sick and tired of it. I'm just so sick and tired of this little woman going around. She's praying to a false God, saying how faithful he is. If he was so faithful, why wouldn't he provide for her? So she says, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to mess with her head. I'm going to go buy groceries for her. And I want her to know it wasn't God that provided the groceries. It was me. I want her to say, great is my faithfulness. If she thinks God's so faithful, wait till she meets me. So he does. He goes to the store, y'all. He goes to Piggly Wiggly. He buys $500 worth of groceries and puts it on her doorstep and goes in the bushes and hides and he's waiting for her to get home. And she comes home and she sees the groceries and he puts a note on there that says, this ain't from God, this is from me. She takes the note and she throws it over her shoulder and she starts going through the groceries. It's everything that she wanted. He's like, thank you, Jesus. You're so faithful. Great is thy faithfulness. Thank you, God. You're amazing. I worship you. I worship you. She falls to her knees. She's worshiping God in front of her house. And the man jumps out and says, ha ha, it wasn't God that paid for it. It was me. She looked at him and said, honey, it was God. He just made the devil pay for it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me to lie down. Everybody say lie down. How many of you ever seen a sheep? Raise your hand. How many of you seen a sheep lie down? It's not very often it does. In fact, sheep only sleep 5% of the time. The conditions have to be perfect for a sheep to lie down. In fact, if a sheep is not well fed, he will not lie down. If a sheep has tension or stress or anxiety in his life, he will not lie down. If a sheep is afraid or has fear, he will not lie down. So when he says he makes the sheep lie down, he makes sure that he has given me exactly what I need. He makes sure that I have peace. He makes sure that he's leading me into the right place. It says he leads me beside the still waters and he restores my soul. He doesn't just lead me to a pasture where I get the grass. He doesn't just lead me to the water where I can nourish my body. He leads me to a place where he nourishes what really matters, and that's my soul. A lot of times when we think about the provision of God, we're thinking about bless me. Give me the car. Give me the house. Give me the job. Give me the raise. But what you really need, if you're really honest with yourself, is that you don't need the sleep. You need the rest. He gives you joy unspeakable. He gives you a peace that surpasses all understanding. He gives you grace beyond yourself. He gives you strength to keep going. That's the stuff that we really need. I don't care about the stuff. What I need is I need, I need the peace of God in my life. I need to know that when I face and I walk through the valley of the shadow of death that he's going to be there with me. And sometimes the only way that he can get that across to me is if he corrects me. That's number three, he corrects me. Write that down, he corrects me. 